I'm familiarizing myself with the. There's a 97 uh, on the team, uh, and a 29. Uh, trying to, I'm trying to figure it out, but no, it has been a while, eh? Uh, it, it has. So as they as they try to kind of hit the ground running again, and and you know, equal equal some history here, they kind of have to get re- reacclimated. So it it is a very weird uh, situation here as they as they uh, try to win here in Vegas. So, uh, if the Oilers break the record tonight, is this peak McDavid era Oilers, or did getting to the third round in twenty twenty two, in your opinion, represent a bigger accomplishment? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, we value uh, like fans, media, hockey history. You know, values playoff success more than anything else. So, I tend to lead that way. But at the same time, I, I think we do undervalue what what happens in the regular season, right? I mean, um, if you can do something over 82 games, or in this case, 17 or 18, or, or who knows how long, um, that's that's a great accomplishment, right? I mean, it takes 16 wins to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, now you're doing it, you know, uh, against theoretically higher caliber uh, opponents, especially as you move along. But to do something over a course of a regular season over several months, I think is is a pretty substantial thing. So, I mean, again, I tend to lean more towards the, the playoff stuff and, and third round and getting swept in the third round. I'll even say uh, is you know eight wins. They were only eight and eight in that playoff run. Um, you know that, that's a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, I tend to still lean toward that way, but what they're doing now um, is is certainly uh, puts them right up there in NHL history. So it's hard to uh, you know discredit or discount that in any way too. So again. Playoffs probably a little bit ahead, but but this is certainly a, a tremendous accomplishment. Are you at the rink right now? I am. So there, <laughs> there's some smoke, uh, but they're <laughs> I guess they're probably getting ready for the the pregame okay. uh, festivities tonight. So I, I didn't expect that. I tried to find somewhere quiet. It's, it's okay. I just thought you were watching Star Wars. <laughs> Like it's it's just a little, a little different kind. Of it did sound a little bit like Darth Vader, eh? Yeah, uh, but it, it's maybe fitting with with Vegas. But uh, you can add this to the list of sounds that you've heard uh, during our conversations. I, I never <laughs> uh, want I, I never want you and Declan to get together in the same room because you'll end up with some kind of weird rock and roll band and become famous with your sound effects. <laughs> well, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll stick to hockey stuff. So, okay, let's do that. Uh, Corey, Corey Perry with McLeod and Holloway. Fascinating line. What did you think of their first game together? <clears throat> I have to what, – what happened? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> um, But, no, I, I think there's some chemistry there with Ryan McLeod too, right? Like there's two fast guys with a guy who's not very fast but certainly knows what to do on the ice. He knows where to go. He knows how uh, – he makes up um, with his lack of, of uh, quickness or lack of speed – by you know using his brains and his his uh, kind of feistiness uh, and, and the kind of the pest aspect that, that he brings, right? So um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see that line. And, and I, do I think it's going to be the one that we see at the end? I, I don't know, right? Because uh, I think there's still a possibility of, of Dylan Holloway playing center. I think there's even a little bit of possibility of, of Ryan McLeod playing wing. Um, but I think that that line has the makings of of something. Um, that could be of value uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs. And, um, you know, one game <laughs> a few days ago or several days ago uh, <laughs> leading toward, uh, you know, that it's, it's almost like the game didn't happen and they have to kind of re- reacclimate things uh, uh, as they get going here. So um, it'll be intriguing to see how they, how they kind of uh, move along. So 
Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. If I asked you to break down that that game by Corey Perry, shift by shift, are you are you telling me that you wouldn't be able to? Because I know I can't. Uh, do you have any video hanging around? <laughs> no, uh, I would say probably not. I remember him playing a little bit on the the second power play. Uh, he got a little time there. I don't. Um, and and uh, he spent the the first shift. Uh, there's a scrum, and he was on his butt at the end. Other than that. Um, that's about it. That's about yeah, all, I, I remember. I, all I remembered was that first shift, honest to God. And I know he played and I remember him watching him and thinking, okay, well, he's, you know, he's upright and he's, you know, he's old, but he can do it still. Um, uh, Daniel Lujan-Bowman from The Athletic, our, our guest. I loved your article on Zach Hyman. He's a fascinating character. Every time you write about him, it becomes clear to me that he's a unique human, not just a unique hockey player, but a unique human uh, in a good good way, like uh, they say, they use the word mention. I think that fits him. But he's also a, like he's a thinking man's hockey player, and you get a lot of good stuff out of him. W- what kind of of uh, um, what kind of person is Hyman, and what kind of person do you think he is in the room? Is he a consigliere? Is he a, a what? What does he do? Uh, I know he's very special because of all the things that he does. But I think he's a unique individual as a hockey player too. Yeah, I mean he's. Clearly, he doesn't wear a letter on his jersey, right? And he did, I think, one game in his Oilers tenure, and that was uh, in Toronto um, when I think Connor McDavid and I'm going to guess Ryan Nugent Hopkins probably uh, were on the COVID list. Uh, this is a long time ago. So he, he's a, he, an unofficial leader in this team. There, there's no question. People gravitate toward him. He's respected um, in the room, and he's a, like a common influence. Like he's a guy, I, I think, I don't know if realist is the right term, but you know, he, he likes to say that, you know, if you're going through hot stretches or you're going through streaks, like what your stats are at the end, like things, things equal out. Like he's very, you know, analytically uh, inclined and, and like thoughtful in that way where um, he's, he's very sensible, I think too. Right. So a guy that um, obviously is having a tremendous year because he knows what to do. He knows where to go. Uh, like similar to Corey Perry, I'd say, a little bit faster and younger, obviously, than Corey Perry, but certainly making the, um, you know, having the, the ability to, to, to play well with Connor McDavid. Like he said in the piece, um, that's not always easy. Like, if that, not everyone has been able to do that. Like, look at Samuel and Lucic here in Edmonton and, and some other guys. Like, uh, you know, he, he's certainly benefiting from playing with McDavid and, and to some extent, too, with like Nugent Hopkins and, 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 um, and Dry Settle on the power play. But, um, but certainly um, he deserves credit for the type of season that he's had too. He's made adjustments along the way. Like he was saying, um, you know, in the past, when he first got into the NHL, he just park himself in front of the net. Now he's, you know, doing moving screens. He's, he's moving off to the side. He's providing different outlets for these star players to find him. And, and certainly he's, he's finishing off his chances as well. So yeah, he's the beneficiary of playing with some very good players, but he, um, he deserves his, his praise too. It's like the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show is on behind you. <laughs> I, try, I keep trying to move and the sounds keep finding me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, your player's poll was fantastic. I, I, You know, it's it's funny. Every once in a while, somebody comes up with an idea or an article or a, a survey in this particular case that that just, you know, really hits right. But I, Connor McDavid's uh, unusual attire... Uh, uh, James Hamblin not picking up a bill. Evander Kane tardy. Uh, Ekholm uh, apparently is the best poker player. Uh, that was a really good article, Daniel. I really enjoyed that. 
Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've tried to do it every year. I've had to miss some years because of COVID and, and uh, you know, whatever, not having, you know, the, the ideal access. But if, uh, you know, I think they're, they're fun. And we, we kind of obviously piggybacked off that off the, the league poll that we did. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope, you know, obviously not the most hard-hitting journalism in the world, but I, I hope some people got some, some uh, value or some laughs or, or whatever out of it. So, um yeah, I, I hope I hope some people found it of value. You you talked to uh, uh, Jeff Jackson recently, and and I thought it was a very interesting interview and a, a conversation that was it's well worth finding and and reading again because nothing not everything has changed, very little has changed because there hasn't been a uh, you know very many games. But I I got the feeling when when you were talking to him and from that article that they are really looking at February leading up until the March deadline. Not necessarily as a prove it, you know, Corey Perry, prove it, Dylan Holloway, but to see how well these guys can work, you know, with the coach and and to supplement or to complement what is already there, and then they'll make their move. Is that how you see it? Do you see this team really letting February play out with what they have and then making a move unless something really pops up? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's kind of Ken Holland's mo too. Is like to make moves very close to the deadline. That's what he's shown here in Edmonton. And, and I think what we've seen from this team is obviously they had this start that was disastrous, and now they have this amazing run. They're not – they're somewhere – they're kind of somewhere – there has to be somewhere in between, right? And they're trying to figure out what that what that is. And I think even the evaluators are trying to figure that out too. Like, um, you know, Warren Fogel, Ryan McLeod having tremendous years – uh, you know, you could lump a few guys uh, or, or, you know, consider a few guys, other guys in that mix too. Um, but what is this team exactly, right? And, and I, I think February will, coming off this break, will give a good idea. This team, I, I think there's a lot to like about this team and, and they're a, a, one of the class of the league. Um, but uh, where they want to go, what are the holes on this team? What, what are they, that's what they need to figure out. I think we all kind of know what they are, but how, how much um, they have to kind of go to, to, to fill those. And, you know, we've talked about a, a lot here too. Cap, cap space and, and assets, uh, assets are very few, right? Like they don't have a lot of cap space. They don't have a lot of assets. So they, they can only maybe do one or two things, I think. And they're going to have to try to prioritize what those are uh, before they actually go and do it. So when, when you're looking at this team right now and, and what they might have to do, uh, I know you wrote about the, the top assets in terms of, of heading out and the, the 24 and 25 picks are, are high. Philip Broberg is high. Uh, your perception is that Dylan Holloway is not in play in any way. He is on the team, fair? I don't, I don't think he's in play. I think he's on this team. I think he's helpful. Uh, in some way, whether it's the wing or center or adding a little bit of speed to the bottom six, you know, is there a scenario where he's maybe pushed out if they really upgrade? I guess, but I, I really don't see that. Um, you know, I, 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 I think the organization would prefer to keep Philip Broberg, but I, I do think he's an option and uh, to, to be to be moved. Like, he's got to be a trade option just given that he's still in Bakersfield. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, the, the high-end prospects are, are – are very very few and far between and obviously they have their picks but cash space is, is pretty limited too so um i would say that um when it comes to what they're trying to do um you know there's again there's those three guys that i, I keep bringing up and it's uh fogel um 
uh, Kulak and Cece that has a little bit of money that don't have trade protection. If you want to really t- tweak the team, I think one of those three guys is probably going to be the one that has to go. All right. So the game is, is supposed to start at eight o'clock. Do you t- do you are you like the players? Do you take a nap game day? <laughs> no, I actually had a decent sleep, so I'll probably push through today. So. Right. Well, but but sometimes I will. Like I don't know. When you have young kids, you kind of take sleep wherever you can. And uh, but I think I'm okay for today. Are you are you hitting the tables? You hitting any of the shows? No, that's not that's that's not my thing. <laughs> to be honest, you know what? Like honestly, if if um, it, preferably. There'd be a playoff series uh, against uh, Arizona, and I could maybe squeeze in around a golf or something. But ah, Vegas, very nice. Vegas, I'm not I'm not not much of a gambler. So there you go. Well, yeah. I, I'm not either. Anyway. I, I'm I'm I, I I my problem is if I if I lay down five bucks, I start to sweat. Right, like I'm just not comfortable doing it. So <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in that boat too. Okay. I, I get you. There you go. All right, my friend. Have a great time down there. We'll talk to you again.